0: And now the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk.
1: What's up everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Uh, excited about this podcast sleep. It has been hot as hell. Um uh, lately, and I don't say that lightly because uh, I wish it was just pretty I hot, mean, 10 man. degrees colder, but it's still a beautiful day. Happy to have you, or happy to be back on the well, podcast you. with you, and uh, <laughs> let's go. 81 degrees outside in Raleigh right now,
0: uh, 30 air quality index. That's good, actually. Um, yeah, so we've been all around the world. Uh, Sleepwalk Worldwide has, been by world, we mean, uh, I don't know, Eastern Middle to Eastern part of the United States over the last week or so. Mm-hmm. We hit Baltimore. The, oh, the, the, I don't even, does Baltimore have a nickname? The wire, um, Be More, uh, Baltimore.
1: Ten name uh, man, I. I mean,
0: I'm telling you, doesn't need a nickname. I mean, that's how that's how Baltimore is a name. You say it, everybody understands. It. You know what I mean? So we went to Baltimore, went to Jimmy's Famous Seafood for the first time. Oh, Sleep Dog did. I mean, just what an experience. Had a blast. If you're ever in Baltimore and you don't go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood, I don't know what's wrong with you. We did a, uh, their their Memorial Golf Tournament, which is a great story on a number of levels. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Sleepdog bounced and went to Chicago for the world's largest trading card show. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you probably see I, I posted one of my cars. I'll explain why I did that and how I got took in the process. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I'll give you guys the rundown on everything that happened there. I met old Pedro Martinez. That was a great story. Um, and uh, actually, it wasn't a good story whatsoever. I just met him, and he's like, dude, here's your ball. I got right a story home. on Pedro. Oh, really, dude? Pedro's my my guy. Um, and uh, so, you know, we'll jump into those two things, the only two relevant things. We've got a women, Women's World Cup pe- playing tomorrow, uh, today, as you're listening, which would be Tuesday. Uh, speaking of cards, just saw when we came on. It's on ESPN. Arch Manning, first autographed rookie card, Black Prism. So for $103,000, I'm going to give you my thoughts on that. Uh, and then we'll talk some, too. I don't know in what order about this NFL running back hole thing, right? I don't know if even Big Hawk even knows what I'm talking about. Oh, but I know. NFL I running backs I are in a pickle right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fascinating, you know, situation from a number size. And one thing I forgot to mention that we're going to talk about is Dr. J came out. Somebody asked him who was on his top 10 list. And his answer will, you know, surprise you, I think. So I'm going to talk about that. A little bit, especially because I that's the one thing I took some notes on. But first things first, let's talk about the golf tournament. Because I mean, Jimmy's supported us from day one. Um, yeah. Old John out there, man, put on guys, you've mm-hmm. never been to a golf tournament like this. All right. I 100%. Mean, we're at a country club. All right. It is a Tuesday morning, right? Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? It was middle of the weekday. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Guys, there is a shipping container in the parking lot. When you throw the doors open on it, it's a bar
1: on top of
0: the shipping container. Okay, dude is playing house music. I mean, they probably heard that shit in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Okay, (sighs) I could only imagine what the members felt, and everybody out there is getting turned up. All right, it is. I cannot emphasize this enough, guys. Tuesday morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memorial Tournament, they've done it 16 years now. All kinds of people there. Ray Rice was there. Adam Jones was there. Five-time All-Star. Rudy Gay showed up. Big Hawk showed up. Sleep Dog showed up. Uh, we showed out you know, for a couple holes. So we, we get there. I mean, what? it was just awesome. And, and we yeah. we're back. And, mm-hmm. and hell, man, next time, we, now that we realize – you know, next time we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build it up a little different than we did this time because we just didn't know what we were getting into.
1: Yeah, SHWW will be full representation next year. We're getting to own foursome. Uh, it is a great golf event, also for a good cause. They support ALS. Uh, a lot of money um, was raised for that, which is a great cause for research. And also, uh, you know, John knows how to host something, and so he does it right. <laughs> I knew I was getting close when I started hearing the. Hearing the music, I knew they had a DJ. When I pulled up, my uh, my glass was kind of, my window was a little shaking <laughs> a little bit. And uh, I was like, this is how you golf right here. Pulled oh. out, got a cigar, lit it up, then went right to the course. An old sleep dog. I got there as they were on the green. No practice putts, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Sunk a 10-footer. I Trained said, it. let's go. But, uh, yeah, it was a great event. And, and by uh, let's go,
0: Big Hawk meant let's go home. All right, this is a true story, guys. Yeah. We show up first. All right. I haven't golfed. I swear to anybody, I haven't golfed in a year, which is unlike me, man. Like I don't golf. I mean, there was a period where I golfed a ton. Right. And then life kind of gets in the way of that. And I haven't, I literally haven't picked up the clubs in over a year since like, I, hell, I don't even remember last time I golfed. So I decided I was just going to raw dog this. Right. I'm just going to go out there. Who cares? I, I mean, I don't remember any of the bad shit. <laughs> I did take a few cuts on the range, but literally like hit 10 balls on the range. I'm just flushing them. Like, dude, I'm going out here. I mean, I'm breaking 60. Okay. So we get out there, get matched up with with two guys, you know, cool dudes, never met before. And uh, I get up on the first tee, shotgun start, uh, hole number seven. You know, it's a little dog leg, right? You got to clear some, some traps. And then, you know, you can't even see the green. It's a, it's a hard, hard dog leg, right? First swing, you know, I get up just a couple waggles, not like my man from the from the open, just you know, 2 to 3 waggles max. <sighs> ball just like falls off the tee from the wind blowing by. I just whiffed it. I might have nicked it, but if I actually touched the ball, it's even more impressive that it just literally fell off the tee. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, dude, this is going to be one of those days, right?" And and uh mm-hmm. Uh anyway, it's the best ball. We explained how those work on the last pod, you know, what our philosophy is, just cheat just enough not to get caught, right? So T one back up. And anyway, Tyler is 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 on his way there because he's um the flight got in late and all this sort of stuff. So we actually have the fourth shot anyway. So mm-hmm. it's not even cheating yet. So I set the ball on the T and just boom, just pipe one right down the just piss missile right down the middle lands in the fairway i'm like dude i'll be here all day boys so we hop in the cart drive up to my ball stick one uh miss the putt par right and it can't par in a best ball so uh you know we're even through one and we pull up to the second hole and this lady gives us the damn pitch of a lifetime on one of those uh one of those like Adams wedge irons or whatever the hell it is. We're like, I'm standing there like lady, I ain't buying this shit. I don't care if you're donating the money to me. Okay. I ain't buying in on this shit. Uh, but our guy, our, our, our mate did. And what it was, was basically like, you pay enough money and you go drop the ball 10 feet from the hole and you get to putt it par four for ace. Well, it's coming off of par. We're like, yeah, we probably ought to do that. So this dude, uh, one of our, our teammates paid, I ain't paying that shit. So we go up there and drop the ball 10 feet. And meet Big Hawk down there at the green, which was a smooth move because Tyler's texting me. And I was like, dude, don't come to the tee box because it's $50 ahead to putt from 10 feet, right? I was like, don't, whatever you do, I got a plan. Don't come to the tee box. So we meet him there, and we got four putts for $150, right? So we got a $50 discount. And not only that, we all men. the Big Hawk just walks off the cart, and rolls it in 10 feet. Pow, we are back in business. We are, what is that, three under? Through oh, two, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Typical. then the rains came. Then the rains came. I'm I'm talking. Noah built a, a boat for rain like this. Okay, I mean it was absolutely pouring, and we're all outside. All these people. There's there's food stations like oyster shucking. You know, Adams Club sales. There's like a taco stand. We only saw three holes, and it mm-hmm. was enough to be impressed. And everybody's standing on her patch of trees, and I mean, it is just kaboom lightning outside. Oh, yeah. And everybody's like, people playing, people not playing. Dude, this is just madness. Um, and finally, you know, we made a run for the clubhouse, and that was all she wrote. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. He didn't sleep. When it rains, it pours. And uh, <laughs> listen, it was pouring. I pulled the radar Our stuff out. was coming down. Oh, it was. Listen, it was. Woo, it was coming. And so. <laughs> I was like, uh, I looked at the radar, I said sleep. And I was looking at the club, or at the pro over there. The pro was like, (laughs) no way. And I was just like, sleep, dog? I think we better head out. Yeah, I had to be back uh, by night for uh, something tomorrow or the next day. That was pretty important. But, um, yeah, we left, but we will be back next year. It's a great golf event for a great cause. I had a lot of fun, and I'm definitely going to check out Jimmy's the crab cakes from Jimmy's, like I said before, if you've never had them, you've got to try them. Uh, get them online, whatever. But it is a great place, and I'm looking forward to getting there and having the crab cakes at the restaurant. It's, it's, guys, it's, it's almost life changing. My dad still talks to me about it. I, I got to get him some more.
0: Oh, go. dude, my dad, that's all he talks about it. every time I go. Did You bring me crab cakes, and like, dude, chill. So the the funniest part of all this, guys, any of you, I know a lot of these people play golf, and. If you ever played a country club, if you're a member of a country club, if you played at a nice country club, you play at these best balls, right? You're probably thinking to yourself, like, man, that's every best ball. Or I say best ball, a scramble, captain's choice, whatever the hell. You know what I'm talking about. They're all the same. Um, Guys, just imagine going to – you haven't played in one like this, okay? Just imagine you go to this place. Or one of these tournaments that you've been to. And and you know how the pros are. Everybody's persnickety about the course and, you know, the rules and all this shit and like what you can and can't do. I mean, this golf pro could not wait for that storm to hit, dude. He was like ready to call it immediately it was written all over his face dude we're looking at the radar big hawk's got a flight to catch i'm thinking well if you're gonna go catch a flight like i could actually drive home and get home a day early i win some points here and it and we're probably not gonna there's no way this dude weather's gonna let up and there's no way that um <laughs> this dude's calling it every as soon as he gets a chance well john stepped in and said uh-uh and unfortunately we had already bailed mm-hmm. and then then we found out later that they had, we wouldn't have been able to finish anyway but that's one of the biggest regrets is like we had some we had enough fun for the whole day and Tyler Tyler took one putt <laughs> i played two holes um so god just imagine 18 they have such a great uh idea too on the so what they do and this is brilliant cuz it, it it counterbalances what we we're talking about last week the top 3 teams the top a player from each of the top three teams after 17. Everybody turns in their scorecard after 17. Top three teams pick one guy, they play it out on the 18th. Nobody can eat, nobody can do anything until that hole's over. So you are playing back into the clubhouse, and dude, this is like a pen. A guy like me, dude, this is like the peak of living. Like you are literally playing tournament golf in front of a captive hammered audience at that point, right, to win a golf tournament. So it's just a great idea. I got the text. We came in second. You know, so that putt really mattered. Um, I don't know how the hell they finished with two people. It must have taken 60 shots each. Um, but, yeah, dude, it was a great time. We'll be back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you never seen a tournament like this, man. You know, might never see another one. Should have wore the shirt, and then you'd understand the tournament. Then I hightailed it to Chicago – for the, I don't know, the National Sports Card Convention or something like that. Guys, this place was a zoo. And you know Sleep Dogs into sports cards. Uh, I'll plug my Instagram page, Sleep Dogs Sports, you know, if you want to go check out my Kaminga collection, right? But you go there, and I'm telling you, dude, there were, all right, most of the people that listen to this pod are like, all right, like mid-30s, probably on up to early 50s, something like that. Dudes. All y'all, at some point, most of y'all, at least... Probably dabbled in sports cards. Guys, this shit is taking a turn. It is big business these days. I don't know who saw King of Collectibles, that thing, Golden on uh, on Netflix. It tells some of the story. But, dude, this was like Disneyland for me, man. I went in there with my little, like, I got this case that I carry around um, just full of cards, right? And I'm just, you know, toting that some bitch around, going around like I'm in a flea market, checking out other people's shit, letting them check out mine, uh, buying, selling, trading, dude. It was insane, and that was in Chicago. Uh, there had to have been, I don't know how many thousands of people there, but if I would venture to guess like somewhere in a hundred thousand neighborhood. Probably rolled through there in the weekend week. It was a whole week. Uh, met Pedro Martinez, my damn idol when I was a kid. Uh, Dude, everybody. Marshawn Lynch was there. AI was there. Emmett Smith was there. Jerry Rice was there. Kareem was there. Floyd Mayweather was there. I mean, you name it, dude. Everybody was there. Um, just signing autographs and all that kind of shit, man. It was, uh, it was something, dude. I saw cards that are worth millions. Um, saw like a, a lot of cards ain't worth shit either, but uh, yeah, it was, it was something.
1: So they auctioned off MJ's BMW or Mercedes, whatever. So there's this app called Whatnot,
0: all right? And Whatnot is essentially like a live auction app. And yeah, long story short, I won't won't get into it, but they were doing a promo there, very big in the card world right now. And they were doing a promo. They had Jordan's SL Mercedes Coupe from like the 90s car was originally when he bought it, it was registered to him. And basically, you would enter, and if they draw your name, they didn't draw mine. But if they do, you buy the car for twenty three dollars. Title's got Jordan's signature on it. Uh, apparently, when you when you when you pick up the phone, like a bag phone in there, like Jordan's name pops up on the screen. I mean, this thing's dope too. I oh, mean, yeah. first of all, I would drive the car. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't win it. If I if I had won that car, dude, it would I would no there would never be another owner. You would see. So me. was it a raffle or an auction? It was a sweepstakes kind of thing. Like it was just they were get they basically gave it away.
1: So I think so the value car – like cars, you buy a bunch of tickets?
0: Mm No, you scan the app and you just enter and damn. they pick one person, 23 bucks. I think so. When I saw it, it was like 31,000 people in there. So you got one in, I mean that's That's not bad for not that. Not at all, dude. I'd rather win that than this damn Powerball. That's not true whatsoever. I go find a guy that won that thing. I just drive around. But if I'd won this car, dude, I'd be. You would see me pulling up to games. I'd literally pull up to the Dean Dome and try to go in the players' entrance. And if anybody said anything to me, I'd be like, "Dude, this is Jordan's pens." Yeah, All you know right. where MJ parks when he comes to the Smith yeah, Center. Yeah, inside the place. Yeah,
1: so people <laughs> don't know this is like he crazy. pulls in the back, and if anybody's seen the back of the the Smith oh, Center, man. there's like a ramp where other teams uh-huh. come and stuff. He just drives right on down there, almost. It, guys, if if there's not if it's not a huge uh, camera crew or a major network there, I mean he is literally parking probably twenty to fifty feet from the the court. It's a uh, only MJ. Only MJ.
0: Guys, I told Tyler this. I was like, I think I've told this story before. I was like, dude, I promise to never abuse our friendship except for under one scenario. And that is if there's anything that Jordan is at where you can get me there. Just I've never met MJ. I stood that game where he came back and kissed Coach K. Or, uh, wow. <laughs> kissed uh, Dean Smith on the head. Hadn't had enough coffee yet, guys. We're recording this in the morning. You guys can burn me at the stake for that one. I deserve it. Um <laughs> I was there at that game. I worked at the DTH, and I was probably—I don't know—ten feet from him. And honest, honest to God, man, I'm never—I don't get starstruck around people. I mean, it's cool. I, you know, I mm-hmm. like everybody else, like celebrity, awesome. I mean, occasionally, if I like them enough, I might—I might bother him for a, a handshake or a picture or whatever. But Jordan, dude, I was like deer in headlights, dude. I just stood there and froze. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't believe it. I was that close. This guy's like, Jesus, man.
1: Um, it is crazy, like the the persona that he has. And gosh, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere he goes, everybody's like that. It's it's something, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. I think he's probably more recognizable than most presidents. I mean, it's uh oh, yeah. it's absurd. And and also the thing I'm always fascinated with about MJ is how kids growing up now. Love MJ still, and he hasn't, like, no one has watched his career. It's all highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, really amazing. But, you know, I played for Jordan for a year in Charlotte, and I always knew he was in the building because I could smell the cigar uh, smoke. And <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not a smoker. Never. I do like cigars, but I'm mm-hmm. not. Uh, his cigar smoke smells so good. I mean, it's just mm, Oh, is I bet there, they're Rick, cheap. It's, it's I bet he's unborn. smoking on some real cheap ones. Yeah. He I mean, ain't black and mild. Uh but anyways, uh <laughs> the other thing is the Pedro Martinez. So I got a story. Uh and this one is uh so I got an uncle who played minor league um baseball and uh hit a home run off of Pedro. Oh shit one game. Oh, yeah. And uh, tossed the bat after he did it. <laughs> kind of slow ran. But uh, oh, I, uh, dude. told me that I loved it. But, uh, yeah, he actually got one on Pedro. He never made it to the bigs, but he was a pretty good baseball player and uh, got a homer off of him.
0: And Pedro, because he was probably in a rehab start, he probably didn't have to ever face him again. <laughs> just
1: came back from Tommy John I'm joking. I have no clue.
0: Because there's no way. All right, first of all. There's no way that he got. I'd love for you to validate this. There's no way he had another at bat that game against Pedro because Pedro would have put one right under his chin, dude. Uh, dude I, mean, I
1: remember, yeah, I remember Pedro. And when he was was with the Red Sox, I mean, he mm-hmm. was destroyed by uh, Cardinals in the World Series. I mean, I mean everybody remembers Ooh, when
0: they got in that big fight and he threw Don Zimmer on the ground, which was great. <laughs> um, I mean, I was in high school. When Pedro was like at his zenith, right? Oh yeah. And and Pedro, I'm a Mets fan, and he was one of the only guys that ever came to the Mets with all this hype and just was good and like lived oh, up yeah. to it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, that was uh, Pedro was just my guy. And and for my money, look, I know there's a lot of great players that have played over time, but for my money, there was a period where Pedro was the best pitcher to ever live. I mean, you might not want to mm-hmm. put him up holistically against anybody or, or against some of these guys, but man, when he was on, that guy was lights out. I mean, dude, he's getting ERA like around two, striking out dudes left and right. And way he's yeah. like, you know, he's he's not he's like I got my pick with him, dude. He's like my height. Dude could just shove it, man. I'm telling you. I got him to sign my uh this is my uh high school baseball from when I threw a perfect game in high school. Uh, not trying to brag or anything, but uh, it was Cape Hatteras High School. It was a five inning perfect game because, you know, in high school, you, pay, you play seven innings, and if you're kicking the shit out of the other team, they call it after five. Well, I think it was 16 or 19 and nothing. I don't remember much about the <clears> game. Only <throat> so after f- 59 pitches, 50 strikes, nine strikeouts, no walks, no hits, no runs, obviously, um, no base runners, anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, Perfect game. perfect game, dude. I'll take hey, it. Got was, yeah,
1: I would have done the same thing. <laughs> That's uh, when I
0: peaked, man. I, guys, it was all downhill from there, but uh, I was good as hell in high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, my how the mighty fall. But yeah, meeting <laughs> Pedro was cool. I actually told him that. And that was probably the best part of the story. You know, we stand mm-hmm. there, get a picture, you know, whatever, cool. And then. You know, we go through, and I think he realizes at this point, like, all these people, I look, man, like, I wanted Pedro's autograph. It was cool to shake his hand, but he don't give a fuck about me, man. Like, he's, he's like, I'm just a dude in a line. Fine, whatever. But I'm going through, and he's signing all this stuff, and you could tell he's, like, just probably sick of it. I was towards the end of the line. And he signs the ball. I said, hey, thanks, Pedro. I said, man, I threw a perfect game with that ball in high school. I've been waiting 20 years to get you to sign it. And his whole – man, you could – I think he thought it was cool. I really do. So, anyway, I mean, it was cool to meet Pedro, kind of childhood idol type situation, but I'm sure he'll never – and then I'm like, you know, tagged him in my pictures. like, hey, Pedro, and he didn't even like it. Some bullshit. Um,
1: no, Pedro was a man. Uh, I, I actually know nothing about baseball, really, but I remember watching him – uh, very impressive. I loved his game, except for he destroyed the Cardinals, which I'm listen, people. I'm not the biggest Cardinals fan. I Only watch them when they when they're in the World Series. So, uh, you know, I'm not like it broke my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was something to watch when he was um, when he was that age. We um, two other things to talk about here. One. This NFL running back situation is really mm-hmm. interesting to me. So, oh, yeah. you know, if you don't know, I guess what's going on. I'm not like super. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm following the the uh, the headlines on it, but essentially, like there is a I don't know what you want to call it. Like they're in a pickle, man. Running backs as a whole feel like they're drastically underpaid, which. You know, relative to everybody else and the workload and the risk on their bodies and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I totally get it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Their shelf life, and for a long time, it's been kind of trending in a negative direction. If you're a running back, I mean, great running backs get contracts that are short-term, not top dollar relative to like obviously quarterbacks who are you know super important. But I think running backs in generals, you know, salaries are you know, kind of pale in comparison to a lot of other skill positions. And now they're having like all out war on ownership about getting their fair share. And I think I think most people understand, but I think also most people will get the predicament and understand it. I mean, I saw a graphic, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember where I saw it, but the last 10 Super Bowl winning running backs are like, dude, if you threw the roster out there, you wouldn't even recognize half of them anymore. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting, you know, to – it's a challenge because I don't know how how they're going to fix it. I mean, Jonathan Taylor just demanded a trade. Yeah. He's one of the top players in the league. Oh, yeah. You got Derrick Henry just out there floating around. And for years, like, you saw it happen. And, but but then you watch, like, what happened to a guy like Todd Gurley, who was awesome. You look at guys like Steven Jackson, Chris Johnson. I mean, these guys – are Otherworldly, one year and two years and three years, and then it's like they go from you know, just unstoppable to like irrelevant, and it's oh, yeah. fascinating because, like, guys like you know, the older guys Emmett Smith, Ladanian Tomlinson, like, uh, probably a bunch of other guys that just are slipping my Jerome Marshall Marshall, like Marshall Falk, Marshawn, right? Like, there's guys that had long careers, um, but you know. It's it's a weird spot. I don't know. I don't you know, I'm not I'm not enough of a uh X's and O's football type guy to understand like what's changed about offensive schemes and all that. Yeah. But uh but man, I don't know. I'm curious to get your thought on yeah. on this from a player perspective.
1: Uh, absolutely. Well, usually I always take the player's perspective on this and On this side, I'm actually with the teams, the organization. I understand. Why would anybody make a long-term commitment to a running back? Uh, The style of the NFL has completely changed. The value of wide receivers has gone through the roof. More teams are throwing more than they've ever thrown. And the running back position, you have to be a combo. It's not a traditional where you just hand the ball off. Now, Marshall Falk was a – I mean, he was a – I mean, back in the day, he could do it all. And guys like him are at a premium, but – you know, I understand. I would never sign a running back to a long-term contract. And recently when I think about this, I think about Le'Veon Bell. Did Le'Veon Bell sitting out of here? did that help him? He said he was doing it for future running backs coming up. Did not improve the situation at all. All he did was hurt his uh, reputation within the league. Um, and also, his, his. I mean, drastically took a hit. He could have earned a lot more money and made a better name for himself. Uh he also came out and said he regrets that. Uh, but also, Ezekiel Elliott, do you think he's lived up to his contract? I mean, no. Nope. I mean, Dallas has been underperformed in the playoffs, uh, regardless of what anybody thinks. And there was talks about the other running back taking his position this year. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, Todd Gurley, who, I mean, that guy, I mean, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan has better knees than him. I mean, he yep. is just, I mean, He didn't last long, took a lot of injuries, set out a year. They gave him, the Rams gave him a big contract, uh, didn't really live up to it. But I know, um, you know, Shaquan Barkley uh, for the Giants, I think he took the franchise uh, tag, which is super smart. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think Dalvin Cook, I think he might be up for contract or he's floating around there somewhere right now. But. I would say, listen, if I'm a running back or I'm an agent or, you know, a team, I would never give a long term uh, contract to a running back because uh, one, they're going to get injured Two, the lifespan short. And also, no way am I spending a majority of my money on a running back. There's there's other positions last longer and they're more valuable now. Uh, let's just be honest. But there's no chance. Sleep. So you- would I ever uh, just give a huge payday to a running back in today's NFL? No way. And it, sh- it shows in the production, right? I
0: mean, I just yeah. said the ten, 10 last Super Bowl winners have 10. You know, look, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's a star player. It's a star position. And of all the players in star positions across all leagues, like I bet there's hockey players making more than than running backs, right? And oh, yeah. the, I, I think the general philosophy these days is it's more of a pass-heavy league. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, you got guys like Tyreek Hill who, you know, are, you know, sort of spread the offense type guys. You got stupid athletic tight ends. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I'm a team, I'm with you, man. Like, you got to just go spend money, just distribute that money on Mm -hmm. a guy that serves a dual purpose, which is protecting the quarterback. You know, distribute that that cost on an offensive line and a and a good tight end that can block and catch balls. Oh yeah, a couple good receivers, and then you know, all of a sudden, all you got to do is kind of plug a fifth round pick into yeah. the equation, and um. And, and you're probably going to have a good formula on, on offense, right? Cause you can protect mm-hmm. the quarterback in this league and just move the ball a little bit, like keep other teams offenses off the field. I mean, you're going to win games. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting and unfortunate, like reality. It's kind of a quagmire, right? Like, I mean, I don't, like we said, I don't disagree with these guys. If I was getting my head beat in every day, I'd want more for my, you know, time and effort and all those sorts of things. But, you know, I, I see the, the the league just sort of trending in a way that, um, you know, is going make it, to make it difficult for that to happen. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Like, I guess all these guys are on their Zoom calls and they're talking about, you know, <laughs> I think it'd be kind of interesting if they all staged a coup and just like said, hey, well, we ain't showing up to run the football. I'd imagine if they do that and everybody's just probably going to say, all right, the second string guys up and there's a lot of second string guys that are probably oh, yeah. pretty good, you know? Oh, yeah. So they, they really don't have any leverage. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how the position evolves. And it's funny, man, because like it, it, that comes downstream. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, there are, there are at this stage of things like kids are being groomed in that position from childhood, you yeah. know? I mean, you don't just sort of like show up and they're like, Hey, you're going to be a running back right that's a that's a skill that's learned and an instinct and you know really probably from an early stage especially like as high school and then up into college and all that sort of thing ain't like a dude just becomes a running back yeah so uh you know the position itself ain't going anywhere but then people are going to start like asking themselves like well what not rather play defense or you know somewhere else that um or worse for the NFL would I rather play another sport because those yep. guys are stupid athletic um you know so this is one of those problems that ain't going away and I think you're not really gonna see the full impact on the game for, mm-hmm. for a period of time and maybe in the in the CBA maybe they try to address it that way or, or something like that downstream but um You know, it just remains to be seen.
1: These running backs need to make a smarter decision. And I think the reason why teams are hesitant to pay them is because they go off of what, uh, you know, these running backs that have gotten these good contracts lately uh, haven't lived up to them. And also, to the running backs, why in the hell would you ever sit out a year? You guys don't have a a, a long lifespan. Uh, You're going to, you know, possibly take away, uh, you know, a good chance to make a you know, a good amount of money in a short period of time. You don't have that opportunity in front of you. Uh, you know, it's closing on you regardless of, you know, after three years, I think there's a huge decline. So I, I, would, I would never encourage a running back to sit out because they think they're going to get paid more. Uh, no way. It's
0: an opportunity cost, man. You only got so much time. It's unfortunate, yeah. right? I didn't make the world this way, but like, you know, you gotta you gotta capitalize. I think in this in this situation It's just too much to lose yep. in a limited show. You're starting to see these guys, man. Their careers seem to be getting shorter and shorter. Their relevancy oh, yeah. in their careers, and like your your time to earn is short. And unfortunately, I don't think you get the luxury of um, of uh, you know sitting it out, like you said. I just think you gotta play because because that's that's your you know, you got about a four-year window to really make noise and make money um, as a running back. So uh, one thing I want to get to, I gotta get to I gotta, I gotta get out of here today because I gotta get to the real world. But Dr. J came out over the weekend. Somebody asked him what his top ten was. And he listed all kinds of players and he started a shitstorm because guess who wasn't on his list? LeBron, Kobe, or anyone else that was playing now. And his whole thing was um, He actually – I dug deeper into this. At first, I was like, dude, this is asinine. This is such a ridiculous Uh stand by old head. And it's unfortunate because everybody loves Dr. J. And he's like a face of the league. And in many ways, his reputation exceeds his – like where he rests, I think, on the list of all-timers. which And he's really, really an all-time great, but he's not like top 10 in most people's minds, right? No way. But he didn't put anybody. Like LeBron's not only your top 10, but – I did see today him clarify him him clarify Steph's not there, right? Um, that their careers aren't done, and so <laughs> right. Same thing we kind of asked though um, the other day. We kind of asked when we ask all these guys who their top five guys are for the Tar Heels, and we never put a parameter around it. And that seemed like his was not going to grade you until the until the work is done, till, like till it's a finished product, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. Like I, if if that's what you, but I want I want to come back to you in two or three years when LeBron retires and and, and revisit your list here. But it just sort of like, dude, and I mean. Kobe not on there, and it's just everybody's, and Shaq's not on there, right? So, I mean, there's just no one within the last, other than Jordan and Magic and Bird, right? It just kind of smacks like this old school mentality. His thought was, and he specifically called out Kevin Durant and said something about the super team and how it hasn't helped the NBA grow. And I think this, and and look, I just got myself in trouble last time because You know, I say something about it. I ain't never played the game, right? I don't understand this shit at this kind of level. I damn sure wasn't in the Hall of Fame of anything. But I'm right about this one, dude. Like, how can you come in and say that this doesn't – that these guys haven't grown the game? Like, that's an insult of, like, epic proportions. And here's, here's where I'm going on this. All these old dudes that think, like, oh, Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell and all these guys. Like, dude, I'm sure they were great. But I relate it to this. Like look at Babe Ruth. People still consider Babe Ruth is like one of the best like sports guys of all time. Mm-hmm. Dude, you put Babe Ruth in baseball today and he's fucking irrelevant. Just look at it. All right. Yeah. And and like these guys are physical like specimens. Like the game is involved human beings have evolved. These guys are faster, they jump higher, they practice more. They got all this scientific shit. It's not like a a knock on these old dudes. But I just can't help but think that if Wilt Chamberlain played in today's NBA, he's just getting smoked by guys that are borderline all-stars. And it's fascinating to me that, like, nobody sees that. Um, yes. or, or or I guess, like, a lot of these old heads are vouching for their generation, which is cool. I get it. But that this, this would be akin to somebody asking you, man, give me your top 10 college coaches of all time. And you didn't put Coach K on there. Now yeah. it's like everybody could assume that you or go with Roy and Dean. <laughs> no, I'm joking, on. guys. I'm you, joking. Know, you know, you lose your credibility <laughs> that way. And that's what's yeah. unfortunate about this is you come across as like bitter and spiteful and you lose your credibility like, you know. Again, like everybody's going to expect you to go with your guys, and yeah. people could probably even expect you to put a few guys over Coach K just because you're like, uh, you know, sticking it to them. But they understand that background. It's, it's different. Just saying, nah, man, he he wasn't good for basketball. Like I don't know, man. It just and I like Doctor J. I was bummed out by that whole team.
1: Yeah, and I think Doctor J's. Uh, you know, he's the first flashy basketball player. Everybody's the first guy to really kind of show off the dunk and showcase it. But also, don't hate the player, hate the game. And that's what I first thought about when I heard this. And it's an awful take. I mean, there's, there's no way that you can leave LeBron, Steph, all these guys. Uh, that's just an old head trying to, you know, back in the day we did like that. Times have changed. The game has evolved. Well, so what if KD's played on different teams? So what? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's that everybody does now. So uh, I, sh- I don't think you should take a personal knock at any of those guys. Uh, but, you know, it's his list, but d- heavily disagree with this Sleep.
0: Well, and the thing I get the thing that I don't like about it is like, all right, say that say that it's not. Whatever. Say you don't like it. Say it's a shortcut. Say he's he's not great because he needed other. Okay, fine. But to say it hasn't grown. The game is insane. Like, dude, the NBA has stars all across the league. It's global. These guys, you got guys like Dylan Brooks making 80 million dollars. All right. Guys, Jalen Brown just made 300 million dollars. So people are getting paid. More than they've ever been paid before because the league, you know, obviously <laughs> times change, right? People make more money yeah. over time. But the league is global. It's like yeah. one of the hottest things going, man. And 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 some of the players today, I don't know, man, this is a different conversation for a different day, but I'd be really interested. I wish you could. It's impossible to compare generations. And Jordan, notwithstanding, right? Because mm-hmm. that guy would win today, tomorrow, 3,000 yeah. years from now, Jordan's going to win. Yeah. But – I'm interested, you know, the conversation about all these guys, like, especially the bigger dudes, like, that were just. I mean, they got guys like me on the team, you know? <laughs> I mean, Will Chamberlain yeah. was playing somebody in Philadelphia, and a dude who looks like me is playing shooting guard with no three pointer taking granny shots and shit. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. everybody, fringe all star players, like, role players are. I mean, would smoke these guys. Not yeah. not the greats, but like, dude, Shaq is gonna destroy Wilt Chamberlain. Period. Oh, yeah.
1: And sleep, like, you know, the claim, the game has been as global as it's ever been. You look at the NBA mm-hmm. right now, Giannis, uh, foreign player uh, and then you have Jokic, foreign player, MV, you know, multiple MVPs, our NBA champion this year. Uh, mm-hmm. So to say that the it, it hasn't helped the NBA game. NBA champ Jonathan Kaminga, you know. It, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, the game is is as it keeps evolving, keeps uh, evolving because of these players currently as well. Yeah.
0: So anyway, I just thought it was an interesting take that, uh, you know, uh, made, some, made some ripples. And look, I mean, in the context right i get it hey look but uh i don't know man that's a mentality that just i don't know You just i don't you like want it credit for the old heads like give some credit to the new guys i mean it ain't like it ain't like lebron and steph are rookies like they've done a lot for the game oh yeah um, they've so.
1: had,
0: yeah hall of fame careers anyway well guys hope we uh hope we entertained you here um <laughs> 'Cause we're still we're still just clinging to football. I mean I guess I think this week uh Hall of Fame game, football game comes on. I mean that's like almost worse than not having football. Oh, man. That that game in particular, but hey, I'll wait. be watching it. Can't wait. You got anything else, big hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe, everybody.